Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, uh, back this week, actually, from the uh, LPGA's Senior Championship in Kansas, is my good buddy and friend and partner in crime and host of the Women of Golf, Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? And welcome back. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. We've got a great show. Glad to have you back. Um, yeah, I had a little. Uh, you had a little hiatus, as they say. Not really hiatus, because you were playing golf. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But um, so, how uh, how does it feel to uh, be, back, be back to work, as they say? Well, I was still working there, but um, <laughs> different I'm work. Glad to be, different work, yes. But I'm bl- I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back, and it's back to busy. So over a hundred. Yeah. And- lessons a week so back Good to the that's right all right we got we got a great show we'll talk about that more after uh, our guest uh, we got a great guest as I said this morning uh, another um, young lady from the uh, LPGA Epson tour uh, she's actually a rookie this season uh, Polly Mack uh, she was born in Berlin Germany and uh, was a member uh, Cindy of the Germans uh, Germany's national golf team and in 2016 uh, she was the uh, German national champion, uh, also finished first in the German Junior Golf Tour. And in 2016, uh, she also won the RB uh, German Junior Championship. Uh, Initially, she went to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, but ultimately uh, moved to uh, and finished uh, her her schooling, if you will, at the University of Alabama and was uh, part of the women's golf team. So, a uh, lot of good university uh, education there, as well as some good golf, and we'll talk to her a little bit about that. But, Cindy, let's welcome our special guest this morning from the Epson Tour, Polly Mack. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. We're doing great. We're so glad you mm-hmm. joined us this this beautiful morning. What's the weather like in French Lick? Um, it is a little cloudy this morning, uh, but I, I really enjoy it so far because we had a really hot last week, and um, I enjoy the clouds a little bit right now to cool down a little bit before the tournament starts. <laughs> that's good. That's good. What's the temp? Um, since I'm in Celsius, I'm not exactly sure, but I would say around the high 70s. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Last yeah. year when I put French Lick, it was 97. I thought I was going to mm. die. Yeah, so. I think it's going to get hot towards the weekend, so it's going to have temperatures then. <laughs> wow. Ted? Very good. Well, welcome, Polly, and thank you for joining us this morning. Um, one thing I was, I was sort of in that we were midstream in a conversation before we went live, and we were talking about French Lick. Of course, that's where the um, this week's uh, Epson Tour event is going to be held, and they have it actually every year. And what I was, what I was saying, and I, and I think, Cindy, correct me if I'm wrong, they're playing on the, uh, I know this year they're playing on the Pete Dye uh, golf course, which you've played on, but uh, I believe, have they not previously, I think they typically were playing on the Donald Ross course. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. So what yeah, they've so done this year, they, they deleted the senior, like they tour event and that legends tour event moved to salina kansas which was last week 
and now right. the Epson Tour has moved from the Donald Ross to the Pete Dye, and they've made the Epson Tour event one of the biggest events on the Epson Tour that they have. Yep. Yeah, that yeah, I remembered that. I just couldn't remember about the golf course, but yeah, it's uh and and Cindy as you can attest to, Paulie's uh going to be really tested this week cuz it's a it's a tough course. I think you said uh, you had to be a mountain goat. You do. But she knows that yeah. by now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. She <laughs> but she'll get out there and have a practice round and and so forth. So uh, again, Paulie, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. So I want to start off um, talking a little bit before we get into some of the current stuff, um, you obviously, as I mentioned uh, in the opening uh, credits here, that uh, you were part of the uh, Germany's national golf team in that. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience there, because that's something obviously we don't have here in the United States. Uh, some European countries have that and others as well. Um, do you think it makes a difference? Do you think it gives you um, a little bit of an advantage being part of a national golf team, and then you obviously moved into university and played on, on a, a college team as well. But um, how do you think that experience helps you as you prepare for your um, professional career? Um, I would say it definitely helped me. It's, it's awesome that we have that national team, and I'm actually still part of the national team, so you can even like post junior time, you can still be part of the national team. So right now I'm in the transition from the ladies team to the pro team. And, um, yeah, I joined in pretty late. I was 17 and joined for my last junior year um, in, the, in the national team, the junior national team. And um, for me it was perfect because I, I was about to finish school. I had a gap year between high school and college. And um, that way I could just practice with my teammates all the time. We were traveling during the – off-season, let's say, to Spain or some warmer places in Europe so we could practice when it was colder in Germany. And I think that team feeling that you get so early on for European team championships and just traveling together and everything um, helps a lot to prepare for college and just bring this, um, yeah, like team feeling into into college and be prepared for um, yeah, traveling with the team and being around girls all the time, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, just just um, if, uh, um, yeah, just enjoy. The more you get, you get to enjoy the time, I guess, in college too. And um, I I loved it. I love it in the national team. I love being around those girls. I loved it in college. So it's an awesome time. <laughs> well, and I think it, it it you know again obviously as we know. Typically, golf is not a team sport. I mean, there are certain events where you uh, might partner up uh, and, and play like that, but um, typically it's an individual sport. So it kind of gives you um, an opportunity, really, because when you get out now, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but um, you know, when you get out to, say, the Epson and then obviously ultimately the LPJ uh, regular tour, um, you're on your own. It's just you, your caddy, and, and you know, whatever cheering audience you might have in the crowds. Uh, but you're out there doing things on your own, whereas part of the, the team environment, you've, you've got each other to help sort of prop one another up and, and that sort of thing. Um, do you think, what I was going to ask you, I'm sorry, what I was going to move on to was um, you originally went to UNLV, but then changed and went to University of Alabama. What was the reason for changing? Um, and I know um, uh, University of Alabama is a, a great uh, women's golf team. And that. What was the reason for changing um, sort of midstream uh, in the program? Um, so, first of all, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas was the perfect start for me um, because I think I got kind of good late in the in the way. So, I started being good when I uh, won the German National Championship. And um, so, I'm really glad I got the opportunity to play for Las Vegas. And I love the city. I love the weather. Um, that it's all year long possible to play golf. It's just awesome for a German. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, everything everything was awesome there. I love the desert golf. But after two years, I just felt like I wanted to change. Um, I wanted more opportunities, um, kind of wanted my own space in my drills and, and practice time. So um, I had a feeling I was – kind of locked in in Vegas, so I, I wanted something to change um, to be able to do my practicing, even though we are in a team golf and individual sport, and um, yeah, I just 
needed some more um, opportunities to to grow my own game, and I felt like mm. I had to change something there. And for that to happen, I wanted to change the place. <laughs> and so I talked to my swing coach back home, Gregor, and um, he helped me a lot with with the transition. And so I talked to my coaches in Alabama, and I just from the first phone call on, I knew that was it. They were they were the ones, and uh, I wanted to go there, and I officially visited and loved it. It was a complete change to the West Coast, <laughs> but um, yes. the practice facilities were awesome, the great courses that we play, and, um, and definitely a higher level of, of competition in the SECs, and yeah, I, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, Al- Alabama does have a great women's golf team, um, and uh, a lot of... Uh, young ladies that have been on the Epson Tour have actually come out of that program. So uh, you're certainly in some good company. Um, and my second question was going, or my follow-up question was going to be is, is why did you choose University of Alabama? But you've already answered that. So, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some questions. So let me ask you a question. Our son um, played at Ohio State, and then he transferred to Augusta State. So I, I know the feeling. And we do an awful mm-hmm. lot of team training with, um, personality stuff with not only corporations but golf teams as well and it's really important for you to be aware of who you are so and how you learn best was it a personality issue of what the coach wanted you to do and how you wanted to do it like example at Ohio State the golf coach was really detail oriented and you know, you got to make 103 footers before you go to bed tonight. And Jamie, my son Jamie, is not like that at all. He's more of a scan it, plan it, see it, do it. And he's going to work on his own. Was that the situation or was it just totally different? Um, yeah, it was It was pretty similar. So um, for the background, to better understand it, is in, especially in, in – I think actually Europe at all in general, we learn to go to tournaments and be able to fix our swings and ourselves when we're at tournaments. So my swing coach early on prepared us, okay, hey, I'm not going to be around all the time. I mean, I'm going to be there for you and you can send me swing videos. But if you're at a tournament and you have a ball flight that you're not comfortable with and you want to change it during a tournament or you have to change something, and you need to be able to see that by yourself and change it by yourself and know what you have to change and um, do that by drills that you have or something. Um, and so I had my own drills that I practiced every day um, and kind of had my own few little things that I needed to do to keep my keep my golf game up. And obviously those drills change over time sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I needed to do my own things. And for me it was always important to – um, focus on those two things on the range and stuff uh, to just be comfortable on the course. And I felt like in, in at UNLV we always had a practice schedule, and that practice schedule gave you somewhere between five to ten drills, I would say, um, that were probably helping um, some of us, I'm sure. But since I had my own drills already that I wanted to do, I felt like those came kind of short when I had those other drills that I had to do first, um, that some of them I didn't really see the point of, of doing, and some of them were helpful for sure. Um, but I felt like it was more important to do those drills that got me there in the first place, and that will bring me hopefully further than Epson Tour as well. And, yeah, I just felt like those came kind of short when I had to practice on UNLV. Got it. Got it. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally. Um, So as you now transition to the Epson Tour, obviously things are a lot different. You know, before you're traveling as a team, you know, you're working together, practicing essentially as a team. Um, But now – everything is, is, you know, Polly's and Polly's alone. So um, how did you find that transition? Has that been, because uh, this is your r- rookie year, I think, as I mentioned in the beginning. So this is your first uh, year on Epson. 
um, you know, you've got to make your own travel plans. You've got to sort of organize your own time. Was that an easy transition? You mentioned about your, your coach back home sort of helped prepare for certain things. Um, were you as well prepared for this part of uh, your journey, if you will, uh, or is this something you're still sort of um, scratching your head and saying, okay, well, what do I got to do now and how do I organize this? Because essentially it's all falling back on you as well as keeping your game uh, tuned up and, and ready to play each uh, you know, week that you're out there. So give us just an overview. How are you finding the transition uh, to the Epson Tour? Okay. Um, so I felt like a couple of our alumni um, already helped us prepare a little bit for this type of life. They told us, okay, stick to your drills. Don't really watch what others are doing, but stick to your own drill and your own thing because that's what will get you further. And stick to your swing coach. Don't try to change something just because you're a pro now. Um, and I think those kind of small tips really helped me in the first place. So I'll just stick to my game. I stick to my plans. And, um, yeah, it is a big transition for sure to suddenly um, plan your own travels where from college you had your assistant coach do everything for you and she handled mm-hmm. everything and you could just go up to her and be like, hey, could you do this and that for me? And she would do it. And now it's everything on you. But I think this is how you learn the best. This is how you learn to get uh, around by yourself. So the first two events, I actually uh, traveled straight from Germany and flew back to Germany afterwards to play an LET event. And um, yeah, I was completely traveling by myself, those two events. And um, that was definitely different, but it was a really good experience, and I enjoyed it. And I just thought, hey, just take it in, enjoy it as much as you can because you get the opportunity to play. And um, it was two really beautiful places in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Harris, Michigan. And um, I really loved it. And now I'm traveling partly with some um, friends from, that I know from college, and um, I'll continue that for sure because just, I mean, we already have friendships from college, from other colleges, and um, yeah, we just already know each other, and I'm sure I'll get to know other girls too on tour, and that way you're never really alone. I think you always have people around you that want to help you, and um, it's it's pretty fun to so sometimes travel with these girls, sometimes with those, and um, that way... It, it can be really fun during those off times uh, or during a three-week stretch like right now. We're in an Airbnb together, and we're having fun off the golf course too. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the thing. And, you know, one thing, and you'll see this as you continue to progress through um, your time on the Epson and when you get to the LPJ, you know, despite, you know, um, and I'm saying this metaphorically, but beating each other's brains out each week on the golf course, um, you actually developed some very lifelong friends. Cindy can attest to that as well. As even though you know, once the proverbial whistle blows and you're out there on the first tee, um, you know it's game on. You're preparing uh, for that event and you're going to go out and do your best to win that tournament. Um, but when all said and done, you know you're shaking each other's hands, a hug perhaps. Um, you know when you're walking off the 18th green. So you know the friendships maintained regardless of, of the tournament play. So. We're about midstream now. In fact, we're just on the, as I would call it, the back nine of the Epson Tour now with the event you're, you're currently playing. You're, you're playing the last uh, group of events. Um, how do you assess so far, do you think, your performance uh, since starting on the Epson Tour? How do you feel so far? Um, are you meeting the goals that you set for yourself? Are you feeling that um, there's some areas that still need some tweaking here and there? Give us an overall assessment of how you feel you've played so far this year. Okay. Um, so since I played the spring still for Alabama and I graduated in May and the spring went really well for me. I think it was my best uh, semester so far in college golf. And um, so, yeah, I think the transition went really well, even though it was a little stressful in the beginning. Uh, like I said, I went forcing back to Germany. <laughs> um, yeah. But it went really well. I got a T16 in my first event, so 16th place, which was really good. Um, missed the cut on the second one, which was okay, just not my best week. And then um, actually played really well in the LET event that was actually in my hometown, Berlin. And then came back here to these three events. And now I'm, like, sticking <laughs> to America. But um, I think it's going well so far. Last week I made the cut. I think I came in 38. But, um, yeah, I think the jump in was pretty good. And um, definitely I think – 
the courses are definitely playing longer and harder than they were in college. I mean, obviously, I only played three events. I um, I don't right. know that many courses yet, but um, the field is really strong, really good, um, much better than I honestly expected. But that makes it even better, I think, and that makes it even um, better for you to get better in golf and and just know what you have to do. And for me personally, um, I think I can work a little bit more on wedges, short game, um, but once that's dialed in, then I should be good to go and and probably shoot some low numbers. (laughs) Well, obviously that's the ultimate goal. Um, I, I assume, obviously, you set some goals for yourself this year. What will be a win for you? And obviously, a win at uh, one of the events is is uh, going to be first and foremost. But um, obviously, you're you're trying to get in within the top ten because that gives you your card to move on to the uh, to the LPJ. Um, but if that, and I'm not trying to jinx, if that does not happen this season, um, but you play well overall, will you be happy with that? Will that help? Uh, will you have achieved uh, part of some of your goal? What was your goal this season? Um, well, my first goal was obviously to finish college well and finally get an individual win, and I actually got two this spring, so I was really happy with that already. Um, I won a regular tournament and the regionals in Tennessee, so that um, that was already awesome and helped me a lot confidence-wise to get into Epson Tour. And um, then I, um, yeah, moved on to um, Epson Tour, and my first goal is actually since I only have half a season versus everybody else having the full season, all tournaments to play. Um, I mean, playing right. only half of the events and making it up on the official money list is really hard. Um, and, yeah, I would say for this season, just play constant and um, make as many cuts as I possibly can, I guess. Um, and I think I'm honestly totally okay with um, – just making a solid Epson tour finish this year. I mean, I don't have to necessarily make it this year already to LPJ. Like I said, I only have half a season to play, um, which makes it mm. much, much harder. And um, right. uh, my goal is for the ne- end of next year to make it to the LPGA um, and move forward from there. But this year, I just want a constant end of the season or half a season. Um, maybe only play... Um, second stage and third stage. I definitely want to make it to third stage. That's a big goal um, again. And um, my big goal is also to make it to the second week last year during college time when I played Q school. I made it to the first week of Q series. And this year, my goal would be to make it to the second week and maybe play for a card. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I, and I think that's great because it sounds to me um, that you're – you're setting realistic goals. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, you're, you're coming in halfway through the season, so you haven't been able to play as many events. So it is a much harder, and it's certainly not impossible. Anything can happen between now and the end of the season. But um, I think that's good that you're setting your goals realistically and saying, okay, you know what, it would be great to have this, but I'm going to be okay with this. So I think that's good to have that settled in your mind as you move forward through the season. Cindy, go ahead. What do you do for fun? <laughs> I love that question. Um, so I grew up hiking a lot with my parents and my family in the mountains, and I love hiking still. I mean, I'm moving to Orlando now, so I don't know how much hiking there will be possible there. Um, <laughs> None. But, None. <laughs> um but even going, I mean, Orlando is also a little far from the beach, but even on an off day, I'm I'm planning on going to the beach, making some long walks on the beach. Um, I love uh, experimenting and cooking um, when I have time. I only cook if, or have fun in cooking when I actually have time. I don't like cooking when I have to rush and I'm just hungry. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I definitely love cooking, just spending time with friends. I mean, it is hard now that everybody's kind of spread out throughout the country or even throughout the world. I mean, I have so many connections and friends um, 
now throughout the world because of college, which is awesome, but I obviously don't get to see them. But, um, yeah, just, just FaceTiming some good friends um, and just definitely doing something else, getting off the golf course. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I, I definitely want to explore Orlando. And since there's Disneyland, maybe I'll do Disneyland in the off-season. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of that. Um, and, yeah, exploring America would be a big goal for me to to do. So just see a lot more from the outside world of the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. That's Good. awesome. <laughs> Are you Very gonna be good. Going to have friends there? Yeah, so I'm actually moving in with a teammate uh, from the national team, and she also plays an absence tour currently. Sophie Hausman, and um, I oh, think yeah. it's going to be really fun to see German too. So I'll be able to get back to my German culture a little bit, <laughs> and I think she's <laughs> excited too. So um, yeah, I think that will be fun. And I think Easy Gupta, who just made her LPGA card last fall, she'll be around too. She said so. Um, I'll see her, and um, I'm pretty sure I'll make some new connections in Orlando too. That's what I'm looking forward to, and. Um, yeah, Alabama's not far either, so, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's very good. Um, you're, uh, we've actually had both, the uh, um, both of them on the show as well, your, your new roommate, so, um, oh, both, uh, yeah, very, uh, very, uh, very competitive and very good players as well. Um, for sure. When you travel to the beach, go to the golf side. You'll like that much better, the golf side as opposed to the Atlantic side. Um, I'm okay. not sure which travel ways. The beaches are much more pretty, and the water's prettier as well. I think you'll find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots of good beaches uh, for sure. Um, so so what is your, um, as we get ready to, to sort of wrap up here, what is your game plan for this week? Um, obviously, this is a course you haven't, played before, um, um, what is going to be your approach to this week? Um, it's going to be similar to British golf just because it is very much like Lynx golf. And um, I'll, so the weather is supposedly not that great for the next two or three days. Thursday, Friday is supposed to be some thunderstorm. So I'll try to keep my heads up um, and just, take whatever I get, basically. Um, don't try to be negative about anything. Um, my nickname, nickname in college was sometimes Positive Polly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I try to keep that <laughs> for this week, for sure. Uh, try to not let that weather let me down. And um, golf-wise, I think um, I'll try to focus on the fairways, even though they're tight. <laughs> And it's going to be windy right. for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'll just take what I get and see how I can how I can, how I can play with it. Um, but I, I'll try to have fun out there. I'll try to take the wind and the weather and just say, hey, um, make it fun out there, you know. And um, as long as I'm having fun, then then that's all I can do and make every shot the, or do the best, every shot the way I can do best. And um, then – should be fine. <laughs> well, I think that's the main thing. I think it, you have to, um, you know, you have to play. Um, when I say serious, you obviously have to focus at the task at hand, but you can't take things so serious that you forget to have fun when you're out there. Um, you know, it, it is, quote, unquote, a, a job for you. I mean, that's your career that you've chosen, um, but you have to have fun. If you're not enjoying what you do, then it, it's it's not a lot of fun. So, um, I think that's some good uh, good advice to give yourself. Uh, I want to ask you a question. This is more for the audience's benefit, uh, but you said you're going to play more like um, you know European type golf, um, obviously because uh, the Pete Dye course there is is more along the lines of a link style course. So um, I assume you're going to go in probably playing a little lower ball flight, uh, maybe as an example, and maybe uh, a few more bumps and runs. Give us an idea of what you talk. Uh, when you say that you're going to play more like a European-style uh, golf course as opposed to what typically we see over here, um, just so that the audience understands what, what you're talking about. 
Right. So um, from the T, it means so I actually have a two iron in my bag. And for me, that means I will use my two iron a bunch because my two iron just flies straight forward, doesn't catch a lot of wind if it's into. Um, and it usually it's a safe shot from the T that I'll definitely need this week. Um, same with the driver. If I have a lot of inch wind, I'll just put it back in my stand, teed up very low so it won't just fly up and catch the wind and basically come back to me. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to keep the ball flight low if it's into wind. Um, and then around the greens, I think, like you said, there will be a lot of bump and runs. Um, I can mm -hmm. see a lot of seven iron chips out there uh, where you just have to kind of bump it up to the green and let it roll onto it because uh, slop shots won't always be possible. Um, and yeah, that's, pretty much it around the fairways. If you have into wind, again, fall back in the stands um, and trying to just keep like a steady ball flight that doesn't move a lot throughout the wind um, and try to estimate the wind the right way. So if it's coming sideways, try to see, okay, like I don't want to hit a draw if the wind is coming from the right, um, but more right. like a steady ball flight into the wind just kind of like floats with the wind instead of like, like, doubles coming to the left side of it or something, yeah. Do you have a typical ball flight? Is uh, Are you typically a fader of the ball, or do you typically draw the ball? What's what's your preferred ball flight? Uh, currently, it's a fade, especially from the tee. Um, I suddenly started hitting fades, I think, around a year ago, and I'm really liking it now. In the beginning, I wasn't a big fan, but I started seeing how many fairways I can hit with my fade, <laughs> and I really love it. Um, <laughs> And with the irons, definitely a fade. It's just so much more controlled and um, very accurate, I think, even though with the wind it can be kind of hard with the fade because it flies higher usually. Um, right. So it makes it a little difficult. But I can hit a draw as well, so that helps um, if it's necessary. And the draw oh, well. is definitely more for lower ball flights and um, yeah, more punches out there. Yeah. Well, it's good to have... It's good to have both options in the bag, as they say, so that's going to serve you well yeah. uh, this week. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or, or comments before we uh, we let Polly go? Nope, just trust your process and have some fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, good luck this Great. week, Polly, and uh, get out there and just have fun, as Cindy said, trust the process, and uh, good luck uh, for the remainder of the season, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back here again on the Women of Golf. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Good you time. have a good good week. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, all right. That was our very special guest from the Epson Tour, Polly Mack, uh, teeing it up at uh, French Lick at the Pete Dye course uh, this week. Um, we're going to take a real quick little break uh, to hear a message from Golf Tips Magazine, and then you and I, Cindy, are going to talk a little bit about uh, the LPJ Senior Championship. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. And Cindy, uh, you had a, 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 moment, a week, if you will, that you got to play um, in the LPJ Senior Championship, as we mentioned, in, uh, in Kansas um, at the Selena Country Club. Give us a, a, an assessment, if you will, um, about the overall event. Um, how was the weather? How was the course? How did it play? That sort of thing. Give us just an overview. The golf course was really nice, great shape. It didn't really play very long, which I was very surprised because the last two or three or four or five years we've been at French Lick Resort playing on the Pete Dye mm -hmm. played much longer and much more difficult 
Um, so, and the people, again, part of me, a lot of us were like, how did they find it's Salina Country Club? It's not Salina. I oh, Salina. It was Salina. I'm sorry, Salina. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's Salina. <laughs> My apologies. But, um, again, I, I was, it was two and a half, three hours from Kansas City. So somebody had to know somebody because you had to look for this place. But boy, oh boy, were the people wonderful. And the golf course was beautiful. The clubhouse was great. Everything was awesome. Um, it was just a little warm. <laughs> it was like 106 <laughs> degrees. Uh, but thank God for liquid IV because I would not have yes. been able to make it. I am not good in the, yeah. in the heat from Buffalo. And um, right. then so played that week. And it, it was cool being with, you know, Annika. I've never played in a tournament with Annika. Uh, I'm a, way older than her, and so that was kind of cool. And Kari Webb and Julie Inkster, Julie I've played with before, and Pat Hurst, and um, all those other people that are in the Hall of Fame. But it was it was really nice. It was very cool. The golf course was in great shape. I just it was very tight, and I did not hit my mm-hmm. driver good at all. So I made too many double bogeys, and I missed the cut. I didn't finish last, which was good. Um, and then the LPGA had scheduled the National Teaching Championship to start on Monday. So this tournament ended on Sunday in Salina, Kansas, and the next tournament started the next day in Williamsburg, Virginia. So that wow. was quite a trick uh, to get to the next location. Two of the women. Their clubs never made it. They had to use rental clubs in the National Teaching Championship was kind of sad. They said that, you know, it was the only dates they had available, and the LPGA ran both tournaments, so I thought that was kind of odd. But um, there I did make the cut, and there I broke 80. So, again, it's just when you don't play golf, you know, on purpose, it's difficult to go a major championship and you have to really lower your expectations again. So, you know, considering all that I do, I, I've got to be pretty happy with how I did. Of course, you're always on your own case about, boy, you could have done better. But on the other hand, you know, considering everything that I do and I made it to both places, my clubs made it, you know, I made the cut at the second one, I broke 80. So it's like, okay, stop whining. Now it's back to the grind and giving lessons all day, every day. And and Alan so made I'm it back with you, right? So, <laughs> pardon me. I say Alan made it back with you, right? Well, here's what happened. He drove me to Kansas City, <laughs> and dumped me off at the airport, and I flew to Williamsburg <laughs> by myself. And he drove okay. back from Kansas City to Buffalo, and thankfully just missed floods in St. Louis, um, because that would have been bad. Um, but it took him yeah. 20 hours to get the weather but anyway everything's fine we made it everything's great i'm thankful that i got in the tournament again you know i told one of our students who's trying to play on the upton tour and the lpga tour i said who would who would have thought that the money that i made 41 years ago on the lpga tour would count for something 41 years later to get me into a major championship with you know the best players that have ever played the game so Mm-hmm. Don't assume nothing counts because it all counts. Right, and and you you know you raise a valid point, and and you know we've talked about this you know before on the show as well. Um, you obviously have a very vibrant career um, now as a teacher professional, and you do other corporate uh, gigs and things like that as well. So you have a pretty full schedule. So it is it is hard for you to really go out and work and practice, and that's something you know. Um, sort of on a side note, this is something that a lot of people uh, I don't think fully appreciate and realize about people in our line of work as teacher professionals. Um, You know, you're so busy teaching every day and all day and, you know, so on and so forth and doing other things as well uh, within the the golfing. uh, And you've obviously been uh, part of, um, you know, other things involved in, you know, through the LPGA organization and that. What people don't realize is, yeah, we might be in the business, but we don't really get to play as much golf as what people think. You know, I think they just think, oh, golf pressure must be nice. You know, you're out in the golf course all day. Yeah, but we're not playing. 
And, right. you know, so you don't, yeah, so you have to squeeze it in wherever you can. Now, some people can take some time off if they're preparing for a specific event and work on that if they so choose. Uh, but that's not always an easy option. Um, you know, I, I remember very early on when I we first started doing these programs, and, of course, I do um, the Thursday night show, Golf Talk Live, and I had a young uh, sort of up-and-coming uh, PGA uh, pro and, you know, he was all excited, um, you know, about becoming a member of the PGA and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he was all excited about he was out playing golf and that. And I said, well, get a, couple, a couple of years once you start getting all your lessons booked up. I said, that golf game is going to start, you know, tanking. I said, it might be great right now, but I said, it's not going to be as good as what you think, you know, moving forward. because Not if you have a successful teaching career, because you just don't have the time. Um, and, you know, you can attest to that. I mean, you know, you were playing full-time on the LPJ, you know, some years back and then obviously transitioned to the to the uh, Senior Women's Tour. Um, but, you know, your your teaching career is at such right now that it doesn't afford you a lot of time to really to go out and work on your own game, right? Well, right. And, again, it, it depends. Some people work at a private club and they get paid a salary, and part of their job is to play with members. Well, that's one thing. You know, I, I don't right. do that. I, I'm on my own, and if I don't give a lesson, I don't make any money. So that's totally different, and you need to be aware of that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, just I, I, more, yeah, but then I'd have to cancel lessons, and then what's that mean? Well, you don't right. make as much money. So you have to weigh the odds. Is this worth the effort? And the answer is no. It's not, you know, so you can't be upset if you don't do it right or well because um, I choose not to cancel lessons, you know. So you can't be upset. That's the bottom line. No, and I know that you enjoy uh, tremendously the teaching aspect of it because for you, um, you know, it's something that you really enjoy. Not that you don't enjoy playing, but, uh, again, obviously if, if, the playing aspect of your career was the higher priority, then you would be willing to dedicate more time. Um, but you still like to, as they say, dip your toes in the water, but um, you enjoy the other aspects that go along with being a golf professional. Um, and, and as you said, you know, when you're an independent contractor like that, where you, you know, if you're teaching, you know, you're making money. If you're not teaching, you're not. Um, then you know you obviously have to set priorities, um, but I, I think it's good. I think it's good that you keep at least you know going out there and playing, and it gives you an opportunity to um, you know play alongside your your fellow professionals and that. But ultimately, you know what you're doing now, day in day out, is is obviously I'm assuming is the higher priority uh, for you in in your career at this this point. Would that be what, accurate? Yeah, and that's. You know, again, that's what you've got to do. And, again, it goes back to uh, many of the things, like in the Golf Tips magazine, I'm doing a series from the back nine to the boardroom about own your game and what mm-hmm. motiv- who are you and what motivates you to action. And, again, if, you know, do you choose to cancel lessons to work on your game to hopefully make some money in a tournament, or do you want to make a living you know, again, my priority is not to cancel lessons at this point. So, um, and and again, I want to stay relevant as well. So I want my students sure. to know. You know, I struggle just as well as you do. And I, in fact, I've often said, I say it weekly, basically, you're probably not going to have someone else teach you who's tried to get as good as I've tried to get or have gotten who's been as screwed up as I've been that's willing to share that with you to help you get better. You know, right. and I say that because I want them to know I understand how how afraid you can be. I understand why because I've done the same thing. So there is no judgment here. You know, yeah. it's difficult and, and, to do it go. Yeah, it, it is. And, and again, what what people I, I don't think fully understand. This is what always amazes me. And you know, when you have people coming out to the lesson tee, and they they don't understand why they're struggling. You know, they practice a little bit. 
um, and they want to be more like what they're seeing. They want their swing to be like so-and-so's on TV. Well, what they're not understanding is so-and-so on TV is practicing and playing every single day. Um, I mean, you know, there, there was something recently on Instagram, and it gave a breakdown. Uh, now, obviously, I don't think he's doing it quite to the same level now because of some of the injuries he's sustained, uh, particularly from his recent accident. But they gave a breakdown of Tiger Woods' you know, daily routine. Well, the guy's up at the crack of dawn. He's you know, doing uh, you know, like a two-hour uh, or an hour cardio or something, and then he's you know, having uh, some you know, special breakfast, and he gets up and works out for two hours, and then he you know, goes and warms up for another hour, and then he goes, and it was like on and on and on. So by the time about 7 o'clock at night, he's done about two days' worth of work in, in you know, that period of time from about 4.30 in the morning until then. Well, that's why he got to the level he did. And, you know, people understand that on some level, but at the same time, you know, they'll go out and they're lucky if they spend 30 minutes a week working on their game, and then they wonder why, you know, they're on the left side and then the right side of the fairway and in the weeds and, you know, here and there, and they just don't get it because they're not willing to put the time in. So uh, I think it's great that you're able to draw from your own experiences um, as a player, because you have, you've played at the highest level of the game uh, and still continue to play with, you know, some of the best um, senior women in golf. Um, but you also recognize that, hey, because I do not um, or I'm not able to dedicate as much time as I probably uh, could or should, um, this is where my game is right now. And I struggle, as you said, I struggle just like you know, some others do uh, because of that. Um, but you're still better than most of, I guarantee, pretty much all or most of the people that you're teaching. So you bring a lot to the table is basically what I'm saying. So I think that's a, a great uh, analogy that you gave and, and helping um, your students really draw from your experience as well as their own. Well, thanks. Yep. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you uh, about, uh, we, we communicated back and forth on social media a little bit while you were away, um, and I noticed that you had these big pearls around your neck, and those, of course, <laughs> were reflective of a client, uh, or a, a guest, rather, that we had on, I believe, earlier this year, uh, I think it's the hot girls' pearls. Am I correct? So tell us how how mm-hmm. they how they how you feel. You you got some obviously, and you wore those. And tell us a little bit about what they are, just for people that maybe didn't tune into that episode, and how you found them for yourself. I saw them at the PGA show, and I was at the um, the booth, and I was like, "What are these?" When they told me, and I was, I, I, I it was awesome because. Um, they're really big pearls, but you put them in the freezer and you can wear them as a necklace and they also have bracelets. And I thought this is absolutely amazing because um, I can't, I can't do the heat very well. I'm very, very bad in the heat. And so I got these and Alan was like, make sure you bring them with you because you're going to need them because it was a hundred four hundred and thank God we played in the summer in the in the morning because I couldn't have been I wouldn't have been able to do it right um, right anyway so that girls pearls are amazing I'm so grateful that I got and I used them and they were just awesome and I suggest everyone go get some hot girl pearls because they will really help you in the heat. Well, and, and you know, how, how long um, do they last? So you, you put them in um, an hour. the freezer, all, yeah, they, but an hour or so. Long, an hour or so, but now, are I they, just put them in the ice bucket in the, in the cart, right? Where the ice is right. in the cart where the water goes, I just stuck them in there. And, you know, after a few minutes, you put them back on again. Right. Now, did you find when you first put them on, because they're, you know, obviously they're coming out, was it a little bit of a shock, or did you get used to it pretty easy, or because it's so hot, well, you don't really notice that? It great when you first put them on, right? You're like, holy <laughs> cow, this is awesome. So much better. <laughs> it's like putting a cold towel well, around your... Right, I, I got it. This is, a, this is a little bit more fashionable, obviously, for, for women, but... Um, 
to have something like that. And, you know, we, we had obviously, uh, um, you know, somebody from their organization on earlier in the season talking about that and, and uh, obviously very, very stylish uh, uh, products for, for women's necklaces, bracelets, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, no, I saw, you, I saw on a Facebook post that you, you were sporting them, and I thought I had to ask um, how you found them and that because um, I had not seen you have them on before, so it was good that you took them, and obviously they, they helped you through the event. And for those that are not sure what we're talking about, if you go to hotgirlspearls.com, you can check them out there, and, and uh, Cindy, you can certainly attest that they do work, right? They do. They do. It was great. <laughs> they they helped you them. in a moment. Of <laughs> yeah, you did. In other words, you didn't melt at uh, at the uh, the country club, so that's good. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you get ready because I know you got uh, to get back to official work. Um, you were unofficially working, obviously, at the. Uh, uh, the tournament in in Kansas. And we're glad that you were uh, had the opportunity to go out there and and uh, uh, hobnob, as they say, with some of your fellow uh, LPGA professionals. But uh, back to business, as they say, back to earning uh, a living. So, um, but uh, Cindy, as always, I'm glad that you're back, and we'll see what uh, happens as we move forward. Are you playing any? Before we go, are you playing any other events this year? You're scheduled. Um. I'm going to the BJ's Charity Classic, but Alan and I are going to be teaching the corporate golf to about 60 people from uh, customers and clients of BJ's that are too afraid to go out on the golf course and play in the Pro-Am. So I'm okay. not really well, there. I'm, we're teaching, but I'm looking forward to that. And I've got to do a corporate event down in uh, Boca at the end of September. Oh, well, that's good. It won't be as hot <laughs> down in Boca, Boca, Florida. All right. On that note, uh, we want to again thank our very special guest, Polly Mack uh, from the Epson Tour, for joining us a little bit earlier on and getting the scoop from Cindy Miller from this past uh, season, or from this season's LPJ Senior Championship. On that note, I'm Ted Rico, and on behalf of Cindy Miller, thank you for tuning in to the Women of Golf. We will see you next week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.